0: The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Mark. On that day when evening had come, Jesus said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. Other boats were with him. A great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat. So that the boat was already being swamped. But he was in the stern, asleep, on the cushion. And they woke him up and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? He woke up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. Then the wind ceased and there was a dead calm. He said to them, Why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great awe and said to one another, Who then is this, that even the wind and sea obey him? The Gospel of the Lord. I speak to you in the name of God, the Holy Trinity. Amen. Amen. It is such a pleasure to be here this morning. I never imagined that I would have the privilege of standing in this pulpit again. And I'm very grateful to Tony for having asked me to fill in while he's away because it is very good to see you all. 11 years ago when I was getting ready to come to Trinity to be the assistant to the interim Some of you may remember that I was a little worried. I was quite worried that I would not be equipped, that I was not prepared for what seemed to me to be a very big job. Inevitably, someone who was sitting in one of these pews would say something to me like, just be yourself or do what you know, or we won't bite. <laughs> and that meant a lot. Those assurances made a big difference. We have all, I think, at one time or another, been frightened by something that seemed very big, too, too big for us some challenge that is on the horizon maybe a new job maybe this is the first time when we're in charge of the project maybe it's the birth of our first child and it just seems so big and we can't imagine that we'll have what we need sometimes that fear just gets hold of us and gets us stuck, leaves us feeling paralyzed like the deer in the headlights which is what Saul and Saul's army is feeling. They are frozen in fear. All of them. Because this giant Goliath has thrown down the gauntlet The challenge, he says, send out one of your soldiers and we'll have a one-on-one match, winner-take-all. And not one soldier in Saul's army was willing to take on that challenge. Goliath was too big. And so there Saul and his army sat frozen in fear day after day for 40 days. In comes David, who assesses the situation and says, Oh, I'll fight Goliath. Which didn't seem like a good idea to anybody then, and probably doesn't seem like a good idea to us either. David was too young, He had not been trained to fight as a soldier. He couldn't even wear the equipment. But he was willing to do what he knew how to do. David wasn't a soldier. David was a shepherd. So he has a shepherd's skill set. He has a shepherd's experience. He doesn't know anything about swords and spears and armor. He knows about lions and bears. He knows about wild animals, and he knows how to use a slingshot. And he's willing to do what he knows how to do. The story of David, I think, says that there are always things that we do know how to do. And they matter. And they make a difference. This week we have all been following the story of Aung San Suu Kyi, the Burmese woman, nonviolent, pro democracy winner of the 1999 Nobel Peace Prize, who lived under house arrest for nearly 20 years. She was born and raised in Burma, but then went to live in India and Great Britain and the United States as she got her degrees, worked, married, started a family. In 1988, when her mother was ill, she went back to Burma to care for her. 1988 was a tumultuous year in Burma. The military ruler who had been in power for 26 awful years was about to step down. And in that event, the pro-democracy movement saw a great opportunity So they began to plan and organize for demonstrations. And in August of 1988, those demonstrations and protests began and thousands of people filled the streets demanding more democratic government. The security forces came out and killed thousands of those demonstrators no less than 3,000 probably more martial law was declared On Song Suu Kyi who was very much involved in the demonstrations was asked to leave the country and she refused after the 1988 uprising she helped to organize the pro-democracy, pro-democracy party that she now And because of that work, the next year, in 1989, she was detained and put under house arrest. Again, the government offered her her freedom if she would just leave the country. And again, she refused. The government really wanted the people to forget about her. They made it a crime for people to have a picture of her, to even put up a picture of her in their own homes. Elections were held in 1990 and the party that she organized won 81% of the seats in the Parliament. The government threw that election out and it was the following year in 1991 that she was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize. She she has said that it was the peace prize that really saved her life and she seems to mean it in two sense, senses one it was a, a personal affirmation of all that she had been struggling and working for but it also put her into the international spotlight and that that attention that international attention may have saved her life but What about those two years before the Peace Prize? What about those two years when she was a woman alone in house arrest in a country under martial law? There was something else that made a difference and helped to keep her alive. In 1989, which was the first year of her house arrest, the government decided that it needed to issue new currency. They decided they needed a new design of Burma's version of the dollar bill, the chat. They wanted to redesign the chat note. So they assigned an artist to work on drawing the portrait that would go on the new chat note. <coughs> Now, the artist happened to be a supporter of Aung San Suu Kyi, but the government didn't know that, and so the artist set to work ostensibly drawing a portrait of Aung San Suu Kyi's father, who was a great Burmese national hero, kind of like our George Washington. Of course that belongs on the chat note. And so the portrait is drawn to look not like her father but like her the censors don't notice and so the note is approved the chat note is approved and published and distributed and every person who looked at that chat note knew that they had in their hand a portrait of Ansan Suki issued by the same government that had made it a crime to ever have a picture of Aung San Suu Kyi. When the government realized what it had done, and of course, it tried to call back the bills, but you can imagine how unsuccessful that was. And the notes became treasured. They became known as democracy notes and were waved over people's heads at the demonstrations in which it was clear that Aung San Suu Kyi was not forgotten and the pro-democracy movement was alive and would continue. That chapnote, that portrait, inspired ordinary people to continue to organize, to protest, to hope. It was tangible proof that a Goliath could be outwitted and made to fall flat on its face. There is so much that we know how to do and which we do well. Those things matter. They make a difference. As Christians, there are so many things that we know how to do and which we do well And they matter. They make a difference. St. Paul lists just a few of them. We know how to be knowledgeable. We know how to practice patience and kindness and love. We know how to speak the truth. We can do these things every day and they make a difference. The disciples in the boat with Jesus there were things that they knew to do. After all, they were fishermen. They knew what to do when a big storm came up on the lake. You trim the sail. You start to bale water. And if there is someone who is asleep in the stern, you wake him up and ask him to help, which is what they did. They did not know that in that moment they were calling on the name of the Lord. But they were, and the sea and the wind became still. And I think that what Jesus said to them in that moment about faith was not a rebuke as much as an invitation. An invitation to see, to have faith that God is always with us. We do, sometimes, feel that the challenges we face are bigger than we are, but there is always something that we know how to do and do well. However small it may seem to us in the moment, as small as a chat note, or a slingshot, or a letter to the editor, or a word of encouragement, or a random act of kindness. It matters, and it makes a difference. And as long as we are busy doing what we know how to do, Jesus says we can believe and have faith that God will be there with us.